Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. That's me. Um, This is a podcast about creativity for the creative in you. Now, it doesn't matter where you are on your journey. You could be just starting out. You could be coming towards the end of your career. You could be mid-season and just looking for a little pep talk. This could be your hobby. This could be your life. It doesn't matter. This is the podcast for you. We're going to talk about all things creative. As always, I have to give a massive shout out to everybody that supports the podcast on Patreon and on Acast. So on Patreon, these are folks where they've committed to supporting the podcast regularly. They give the the podcast money every month, like every month, guys. So thank you. But also shout out to the folks on Acast. Now, Acast, if you haven't done it already, is a way of giving a one-off contribution. So if you don't, if you're not ready to commit to me, I understand. But if you want to join the party on a one-off basis in terms of like contributing to the podcast, then head over to Acast. Either way, details are in the show notes of how you can contribute using Patreon or Acast. But, but you know, above all of that, Thank you to everyone that has done so, so far. It has made a huge, huge difference. So this week's topic, and I have wanted to address this in a show for such a long time. This week's topic is, and it's actually going to spread over two episodes, um, comparison and jealousy. Now, I think it's something that creates a lot of um, misery, if I'm honest, sometimes for creatives of like comparing ourselves to our peers or comparing ourselves to anybody basically in the creative industries and the jealousy, or as I've found out, actually not jealousy, but envy that can come along with that. But anyway, we'll get into that um, as we uh, go through the topic. 
So I'm going to be talking about different types of comparisons. I'm going to also going to talk about the benefits and pitfalls of it. So it's not all bad. And also, I hope by the end of this episode, give you a completely new way of relating to this whole thing of comparing yourself to your peers. So, as I said, comparison is such a big part of a creative's life. It takes up a lot of, or it can do. Some folks, as as you'll see from my um, bite-sized advice that I'm going to share with you later, some people have managed to find a way to, to deal with it, basically. But for a lot of us, it can take up a lot of our headspace. Um, I saw a stat that said that 10% of our thoughts, not just as creatives, but as just human people, 10% of our thoughts go on comparison. Can you imagine? That's a lot of, that's a lot of comparing. And whilst it isn't all a negative experience, certainly comparison can create a lot of negative experience, a lot of emotional turmoil and a lot of sadness and a lot of, you know, a lot of um, uh, emotions that we wouldn't necessarily want to be in a lot of the time. So um, I figured because I, I feel like certainly my creative life, it takes up a lot of headspace. And I'm imagining that you guys might be the same too, that I thought it was worthy of at least one. And it, as it turned out, two um, episodes of Creative Source. So um, I wanted to share with you as well that Roosevelt, the president, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, said uh, of comparison, it's the thief of joy. And I think that's why it's worthy of a conversation because it can take away our joy of what we're doing. So let's have a look at comparison. Now, the prevailing narrative can often be, oh, you know, you see memes on Instagram and I'm a fan of memes. You know, I like a good meme, but sometimes they're off the mark. And the the, the thing about comparison um, that I realised after looking into it is that it is a really natural thing to do. So all these, you know, memes or advice or whatever that's telling you, just don't compare yourself to other people. It's not that easy. It is a function of the human mind. It isn't just that we're choosing to compare ourselves with other. It's like saying don't breathe. It's that natural that we compare ourselves to other people. And I think one of the reasons that we do so is it's, it orientates us in life. It tells us it tells us which way up and which way is down. And you know, you know what it's like when you when you are genuinely lost. It's a horrible feeling. So comparison lets you know where you are. In fact, there was a, a psychologist, uh, Leon Kestinger, Kestinger, Kestinger. I hope I'm saying that right. Anyway, and uh, he he created this theory called social comparison theory, and he said that people deem their social worth based on comparing themselves to others. So that's that's a way of. Uh, what he's basically saying is we figure out our value by comparing ourselves to other people. Now, it, uh, um, um, are we saying that that's right? Are we saying that's wrong? No, we're just saying that that's what people do. So that narrative of, oh, just don't compare yourself to other people, it's easier said than done. And it's also uh, upending essentially evolution. We've, we've obviously evolved, to, our minds have evolved to, to do this. So the place to start is not Oh, just don't compare yourself to other people. It's looking at what it actually is. So it's a way of us orientating ourselves, telling ourselves what's up, what's down, basically where we stand in relation to others. And because we are 
um, a time and space driven species. That's kind of the paradigm that we're in at the moment. We need reference points. You know, I, I was thinking when I was thinking about this um, prior to recording, I was thinking even as a kid, we're like, are we there yet? We don't just enjoy the ride. <laughs> we want to know, are we there yet? And that doesn't ever stop in adulthood. Am I there yet? Have I reached my goals? Have I achieved? Am I good enough? Am I there yet? So that's that's where we're at in terms of comparison. It isn't just this um, thing that we can turn on and off. Um, it's like saying to turn your thoughts on and off. Good luck with that. You know, it's the old, you know, don't think about pink elephants. Well, don't compare yourself to other people. It's the same. It's the same thing. So what I'm hoping to do with this episode is not get to a place where I'm telling you, oh, don't, don't, here's how to not compare yourself to other people, is to have a different relationship with that very mechanism of comparison. All right, my friends, if you are looking to support this podcast and you want to make a, just a one-off contribution, then head over to ACAST. There is a link in the show notes that shows you how. And you can donate anything from £3 to, I think the maximum is 3000 3, Now, I'm going to shock you. No one's done that just yet, but you could be the first. Um, it goes towards... Um, pay for the post-production for the marketing of the podcast and all other little bits and pieces that come along with creating a show you don't have to and the show's still going to happen whether you do or not but it just helps to support putting the show together so every every contribution is hugely appreciated if you want to find out more go to the link in the show notes Even though comparison is a completely natural thing, it's a natural part of the human experience, it can cause misery. Certainly, I've felt miserable after looking where somebody else is in their career and then looking at my own and feeling like, oh, it's never going to happen. Or how come they got that and I don't have that? Why? What have I done wrong? Or what aren't I doing? You know, it creates misery. And you'll have your own version of it that from time to time you will go into. And there's nothing wrong with that. And also before I was saying about, you know, we're looking for orientation. Well, without comparison, we might find ourselves disorientated. If we just switched off, or if we were able somehow to switch off that mechanism, we may find ourselves disorientated. And that's uh, an unpleasant experience as well, feeling like you don't know which way's left and right, which way's up or down. You know, even when we talk about planet Earth, we talk about up being like north and down being south. Well, who knows really? Because we're floating through space. We, what we're calling uh, up could be left, actually, because the planet could be on its side. We've got no idea. But we need we need reference points. And so that's why we compare. But let's have a listener's comment. This is from at Grace Timothy Writer. Grace says, I sort of sidestepped the traditional career ladder for beauty journalism for the sake of work-life balance and my mental health. But that means seeing how the more linear route goes for my peers and it can be so difficult. I guess I just try to use that to motivate the next step I take. But honestly, that's probably quite an optimistic take. <laughs> that's what Grace says. Well, yeah, I mean, I can relate to that so much in terms of like taking a different route and then seeing your peers that took the route that you could have taken, seeing how their careers are developing, because there will always be this kind of 
what if, if I'd stayed on that path, I could be where they are, but I've taken this non-traditional route. And look, the fact is there's no right way to approach having our career, but it does take um, a certain fortitude to be able to see that alternative path that you could have been on and not succumb to the negative feelings of like, oh, did I do the right thing? Did I not? So Grace, I can't advise really because your path is your path, but I can definitely relate because when I chose not to um, continue with stand-up comedy, you know, every time I saw peers doing some, you know, really amazing um, show, I would feel away. I would feel away about it. But the, the thing that was often the hardest was not when I saw them do something related to comedy, because I was like, I, I, I got philosophical about it. And I said to myself, you know, I did leave that behind. And so, it, you know, it sort of makes sense. That I'm not doing these big sort of comedy shows or whatever. But when it was tough was when they got great acting work because of their stand-up careers, because acting was what I had come from, gone into stand-up, then left stand-up behind and gone back to acting. I never went back to it. I never stopped acting, but you get what I'm saying. And so when I saw people who had stuck with comedy and were getting like amazing movie roles and TV roles and stuff like that, that was quite hard to experience. But as I said to you, Grace, and, you know, I say to everybody, their path is their path. And I'll talk a little bit more about that um, in this episode and the next. But yeah, uh, I, I 100% get you. It is very difficult to see peers doing doing what you on a path that you could have been on, but you chose not to. But also, Grace, you have to remember you did something for you made those choices basically for a work life balance and your mental health. And who knows where your mental health would be and your work life balance would be if you had stuck on that path. So there may have been some deep gut instinct in you that was telling you mm, you may reach those heady heights if you follow that path. But there also may be a cost. So at the end of the day, whatever path you choose, it's the right one. All right, so let's talk about the different types of comparisons. And there's basically two major ones or the, there's two. There's there's a p paradigm that I want to use that has two major distinctions in it. And um, I heard, I've seen it described as positional bias, um, but basically just there's a lot of fancy words to say there's upward comparison and downward comparison. So what does that mean? Well, look, upward comparison is where you look up to people who you deem to be doing better, have having more, being being the best at something or, you know, achieving, achieving greatness. You're looking upwards, basically. And then downward comparison um, it's self-explanatory really, but it's where you're looking down. Basically, you're looking towards the people that are either worse off or they're not as good at something or they don't have as much. And yeah, so you're, the, the, those are the two directions basically that, um, that you can look in, in terms of comparison. And this all happens in an instant. We're very often very unconscious of the fact that this, um, process is even happening in our, in our brains. So let's talk about very briefly, let's talk about the benefits of, um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like there are, but there are, there are. 
because not all comparison is bad. Like, for example, upward comparison can be used to motivate us. We can use it to like look at somebody and just go, okay, wow, I really want to model what that person is doing in their life. I want to create that success. Let me see how they did it and let me recreate that in my own life. It can enable growth. So you can say, hmm, I, uh, I want to achieve something greater than uh, where I'm currently at. Uh, and I'm going to use that person to motivate me to get there. Now, again, these might not be conscious thoughts, but, you know, it's a it's a, a thinking that's sort of generated out of, you know, upward comparison and seeing where somebody else is and seeing that you might be able to achieve the same thing. It can create a positive self-image. You know, you can see yourself as somebody capable of doing these great things. It can give you an appreciation of somebody else's talent. If you compare yourself to somebody who's creatively, in your mind, creatively brilliant, it will really have you appreciate what they're able to do. And by default will also, uh, one would hope, give you some humility around the craft. I I certainly... (laughs) I was watching, I've watched a lot of Tom Hanks films recently and I've, I've always liked Tom Hanks. I think he's just brilliant, but I was just watching one film and just thinking I'm humbled because I don't think I would ever be able to do what he's doing. And I, and I had this sort of, um, it was recently, so I was thinking also of this episode, but, and so I was thinking, and maybe that's, maybe that's okay maybe that's okay that I'll never be as good as Tom Hanks. Maybe that doesn't mean anything about my worth as a human being. But I've, you know, when we compare, sometimes we're making it mean more than it actually needs to. But we'll come to that. Um, And then with downward um, comparison, it can be, um, it can be useful, productive. It can motivate you. You can say, well, I don't want to be in that position. You know, it's not necessarily... I don't know, is it the kindest way to to look at somebody else's situation? But you can take motivation from it in the same way that upward um, comparison can create motivation. It can also engender gratitude for what you have. Um, And I think that is healthy, is that, you know, you can look at somebody that's not doing so well, not as not as uh, far along as you are. And certainly sometimes I think back to um, or I think I look at actors who are struggling just to get auditions or haven't got an agent and really trying to get a foothold in, in the industry. And I think to myself, I'm grateful that I'm not in that position anymore. I mean, I, I was for sure. So you can experience gratitude from it. And again, obviously humility, because ideally, you know, you're not wanting to look down on people and say, I'm better than you because I have these opportunities and you don't, because as we know, this is somewhat a crapshoot as well. And it can also create the desire to help other people, right? Because you can look at people who are in a situation that's not uh, the same as yours, maybe not as good as yours as it, uh, by, by whatever metric you're, you're using. And you can say, do you know what? I'm going to make sure that people don't experience that again, or I'm going to help people that are experiencing that. Let me um, extend a hand down and um, help a bunch of people up. Oh, now that's, that is a benefit. I'm Daniel Lawrence-Taylor, and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. Let's have some bite-sized advice, this time from Charles Venn, who talks about comparison. Now, in this clip, Charles actually talks about something that I hadn't thought of. He talks about when people compare you 
to other people. So he talks a bit, a little bit about that in the first instance. And then he talks about the, the, the comparison that we're talking about. But anyways, it's still such a, um, a useful um, bit of advice and, and thoughts on the whole thing of comparison. So here's Charles Venn. I think being compared to another artist, you know, somebody, you know, hugely venerated, you know, in, in your particular creative field, I think is a wonderful compliment. I think that, you know, receiving such compliments, I think for the most part, serve to bolster you, it, it edifies you, it makes you want to do better. And um, it informs your journey to a degree. It, like I said before, it depends on who it is they're comparing you to. If it's somebody that you admire and respect, great. If anything, you know, I get a little extra pep in my step if I'm being compared to somebody who I creatively respect. But at the same time, it might be somebody that you don't necessarily, uh, you know, are not necessarily a big fan of, you know, creative-wise. But once again, I think that for the most part, when people compare people to somebody, it's usually for, you know, it's, it's always for the most part done with, with good intentions. And uh, it means they're making you've left an impression with them. So I think comparison, being compared to someone as such in, in our field is good. But I think it's also important as well to remember that we are special enough, man. We are special enough as artists. Do you understand? You know, that dynamic of individuality, individual thought, is such a, a wonderful phenomena where we think and fit for ourselves and everything we do is just based off the fiber of our, of our being. There's something extremely special within that, you know, and the, and the ability to just create something that somebody has, no, maybe not, nobody else has ever done before. Yeah, I think it's just important that to remember that whoever you're being compared to, that's great, but you are good enough. wise words there from Charles Venn, who you will know from, um, do people still say tripping the light? Fantastic. Anyway, he was a star performer on, um, Strictly. I can't remember which year, but he's also one of the main cast and has been a long-standing cast member of Casualty, which is a British continuing drama. And he's amazing in it. He recently had like an incredible, um, storyline around domestic abuse, which was such an important, um, such an important topic to include in the show. So Charles was really kind enough to just like drop a few nuggets, a few pearls of wisdom there about comparison. And like I said, I hadn't even thought of the whole thing of like, you know, other people comparing you to other folks, uh, which is another layer to uh, to this whole thing. But he also points to something. He points to a couple of things. One, um, you know, in his, as he was concluding that his thought was that, yeah, we are all individual. And so it's almost redundant to compare oneself because you're not comparing like for like. We are all so individual that um, the, the the comparison doesn't really stand when you drill down. Um, and the other thing is that uh, it, he highlights really how subjective it is. That's what I took from, from what he said is like comparison is so, so darn subjective because he was saying, oh, you know, if, if you're compared to somebody that you, that you admire, then great. But if you're not compared to somebody that you admire, then, that, then you're not going to be so happy about that. And the fact, whether you uh, admire that person or not is purely subjective because, because somebody could compare you to one of the greatest um, creatives in your field. But if you don't rate that person, then the comparison could offend. And this leads me to my to my main point about the subjectivity of it all and the unreliability of comparison. 
because these are really the, the, the pitfalls of it. And one of them is that we do not account for the bias that is present in the whole process of comparison. We're randomly basically picking not not randomly, because uh, from what I understand of the research from the research I did, we also pick people that are close to us. So we don't pick people that are far, far from um, where we're standing, by which I mean, you know, say, for example, as an actor, one doesn't compare oneself to Meryl Streep or Denzel Washington because they're so far from where we are. We compare ourselves to our friend we went to drama school with. Or that person that we did a show with and now they're now they've just been cast in a new Spider-Man movie or whatever. We pick close, close to home. That's why often I I think we we don't compare our country with another kind of thing because it's sort of it's so far away. It's almost redundant. Our minds know that we pick close to home so that we can have the experience of, you know, achieving what that uh, that person close to us has. But equally on the negative side of that, when they become small in the distance, you know, they're moving so far from us, then we get to have the bad feelings. Oh, I'm not as good as them. They're progressing so much faster than we are. You know, what am I doing wrong or whatever? thoughts that you might have that come along with that. It's so subjective because the brain picks people so that it gets to have a particular experience. And I'll say that again, the brain picks the people to compare to so that it gets to have a particular experience. So if you're not feeling great about yourself, guess what? You'll pick people close to you that are doing really well. And then you'll get to have the comparison of, oh, so-and-so is doing much better than I am. I'm not getting anywhere. And then if, you, if you're feeling good about yourself, you'll, you'll maybe look downwards and you'll go, oh, well, you know, I used to be one of those folks that couldn't get a look in, couldn't get a meeting or whatever. But, you know, now I'm getting somewhere. But you're picking people who aren't getting meetings. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It's like it's it, the, the brain is curating the comparison experience. It is not a reliable source of information. And also with comparison, most oftentimes you're um, you're basing your uh, comparison on their best bits. You don't know the full story. You're comparing their best their. I saw it once described as you're comparing their trailer with your blooper reel. Again, the brain is picking the bits to compare to, to give you the experience that it wants you to have. Oh, you feel like your life's not going anywhere. So you compare yourself with your most social friends. Because that's another thing I was, when I was reading about this, um, it was, you know, an example it used is like, if you wanted to, if you wanted to perpetuate this narrative that you're not, you you have a, a flat social life, you would then start to compare yourself with your most sociable friends. You wouldn't compare yourself with like, I don't know, Pete Davidson, who seems to have a great social life, but you compare yourself with people close by, but you'd pick the, your most sociable ones. This is all happening automatically, right? And then you go, look at, look at Sarah. She's just having the best life. She's out all the time. She's just having a great life. When, if you compared yourself across all your friends, probably most of them are living the same type of life, having the same type of social life that you are. But that doesn't, that doesn't serve the narrative that your mind wants to create. So it picks your most sociable friend. If you extrapolate that to like the creative experience, we are picking our most successful friends who are having their most successful moments. I find myself doing that all the time. Like a friend, um, you know, was in a big Hollywood movie recently. Another friend is in a big new show coming out. And I'm like, I've got nothing going on at the moment. And so I, my mind wanted to do the old, yeah, you see, 
nothing happening in Osho land, failure, failure, failure. Now, think of those times when Osho's got stuff going on, when my book's coming out, or I'm in a Sky TV show, or I'm in a DC movie, or whatever, 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 right? People will be looking at me at that time, just going, not because it's me, but because I'm that person that's got stuff happening and is talking about it on socials and all the rest of it. So our mind, I'm saying all this to say, our mind is curating an experience and just acting like it's feeding back objective information. And it isn't. It is after giving you a particular experience. And then also we compare our, yeah, we compare our worst bits to their best bits and we do the other way around. We compare our our best bits to somebody's worst bits. Well, they don't know they're in a competition or a race with us. So how can you, it's a redundant comparison again on that level. You see what I'm saying is that this whole comparison thing, it goes unchecked. We don't question it. We just believe it like it is a useful, honest reporting system, just feeding back how it is. You're not as good as them. You're better than them. Just to give you that sense of orientation in time and space. Are we there yet? Yeah, you're not quite there, but you're definitely not there. That's what it's up to. And so what are the other, some of the other pitfalls? What it can create arrogance? Because, you know, that whole I'm better than so-and-so, I'm doing better than them. My work's better than da da da. Ugh. It's distasteful. Now, it's natural. So let's not beat ourselves up for doing it. And we've, I'm sure we've all done it. I know I have. I'll, I'll be straight about it. But the trick is just to catch yourself in it. You can become entitled as a result of it as well. Like, I'm good enough. I deserve blah, blah, blah. It can create depression as well. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. Why am I even doing this? Have you not ever had that thought like you've compared yourself to somebody and and the thought has spiraled so fully that you're (laughs) teetering on the edge of quitting your chosen like creative career by the end of it can be really damaging to self-esteem comparison because where you thought you might be getting somewhere, you suddenly start to have this narrative in your head of like, you're not. And you're never going to, and you're not good enough. So it can be really damaging to self-esteem. And of course, I'm not going to go long on social media, but social media is a place where comparison is rife. It, it almost, it, it's almost the business model of social media to have you have this experience. But social media is literally people's highlights reel. And you're um, comparing your whole movie to just their highlights. I'm sure Jason uh, Manford said that in one of the social media episodes that's just been out. And so it's really important to catch yourself in that act. Don't have to do anything, but just observe it. And the very observing of it will dismantle its power that it currently has. You see, the comparison is on a throne in our lives that it doesn't belong on. It should not be on the Iron Throne. <laughs> This is like, the comparison is like Peter Baelish getting onto the Iron Throne. Sorry for non-Game of Thrones (laughs) fans, but um, that's just one um, sort of analogy for it or metaphor or whatever the word is. But it shouldn't have the prominence that it does. So 
So what can we do to stop this comparison now that we've looked at what it is? What's the solution? Well, saying to just stop is, is not the answer. And I, and I hold true and hold fast to that. It's not the answer. But what we can do is see it as the unreliable witness or unreliable tool that it is because it's acting like it's an accurate measure and it's not. It's a guesstimate. It's your mind being biased and taking certain experiences and things that it's seeing and people that it's witnessing and using that to create a narrative for you. So as soon as you can see that, it starts to dethrone it. It takes away its power. Doesn't mean that it's not useful. You can still look to somebody and just say, yeah, one day I want to be as good as that. Or look at someone who doesn't have as much as you and say, I'm very grateful that I'm no longer in that place. And let me see if I can help them even. And so instead of trying to stop comparison, what we can do is just see it for what it is and use other measures for our standing and where we are creatively. We turn our attention inwards. We use our own internal systems for uh, navigating our sense of self-worth, our sense of progress, our sense of growth. We turn inwards and we ask ourselves, am I enjoying my work? Am I satisfied in this moment with what I'm doing? Is it giving me what I need? You know, might be um, socially, uh, professionally, financially. Is it giving me what I need? And does it bring me joy? You know, those are the sorts of questions that we can ask ourselves that um, comparison can never give you. Because comparison is about what's out there, whereas these questions that you ask yourselves, these internal navigating systems are really about how are you doing? You know, really, how are you doing? Based on where you've been. So you become a self-reliant system. Your checks and balances are internal rather than external. And that means that no external event can then impact you. Because you don't need that for your sense of orientation, your sense of what is up and what is down, what's left, what's right, because you're using your own internal navigation. So that's how we stop comparing ourselves. All right, you guys. Um, So that was uh, our episode on comparison. And I think that comparison and jealousy or envy, as um, I've discovered, uh, go hand in hand. So um, this is going to be a two parter, as it were. But next week, the conversation is going to be about jealousy, jealousy and envy. And we'll discuss the difference. Um, But uh, in the meantime, if you want to support this podcast, you know what to do. Head to Acast, link in the show notes where you can make a one-off contribution to support this show and help this message out to other creatives, your fellow creatives who may just need to hear this message today. So next week, we're going to be talking about jealousy and envy. But until then, thank you so much to Charles Venn for the bite-sized advice, to Grace Timothy for your listeners' comment, to Martin Lumsden for the post-production and your stub-up for the marketing, Clydesdale Music for the theme tune, and of course, to you guys, the listeners, for tuning in once again. Until next time, keep creating and living in gratitude. I will see you very soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. Mm-hmm.